Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Rebecca Duke Barton, the pastor. God has been faithful from generation to generation. We are gearing up at Jessup First United Methodist for our 150th year celebration this fall. And so for the next few weeks, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. God has been faithful in the past. He is faithful now, and he will be faithful in the future. The stories of Abram and Sarah's family show us that. God made promises to them, and he renewed the promise from generation to generation. It strikes me as we prepare for our celebration at Jessup First United Methodist Church that this is what God is doing for us. The church has been here for generations since 1872. It's generations of people who prayed, who shared the gospel, who helped their neighbors. God faithfully brought us through the Great Depression and world wars. God brought us through changes in our Methodist denomination as we went from the Methodist Episcopal Church South to the Methodist Church to the United Methodist Church. God brought members through births and deaths, through marriages and family crises, through good times and hard times. We stand in testimony to what God has done in the past. But we aren't just thinking about the past. God is always going ahead of us into the future, looking at the next generation to receive his promises. God is faithful, not just for generations of the past, but for the current generation and all the generations that will come after us. For the weeks leading up to our homecoming, we're going to be reading the stories about the generations of Abraham and Sarah's family and knowing that just as God has been our help in ages past, he is our hope for years to come. We have two scriptures to read for today, one from Genesis 12 and one from the book of Hebrews. Listen as we hear from Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Ninjab. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. From Hebrews chapter 11, we hear these words. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And now skip down to verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called 
to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm a United Methodist preacher's kid, and my dad was a Methodist preacher's kid, and I'm married to a United Methodist preacher, and I'm one myself. It's really excessive. You know what we have in common with Abraham and Sarah? We know about moving from our country and our kindred and our father's house. We have some stories to tell. Back when my granddaddy went into the ministry in the 1940s, they had almost no warning about moving. I do not know how my grandmother got everything together to move on such short notice. Granddaddy would come home from annual conference and say, it's time to pack up and go. We've moved in the rain. That was especially fun when we were moving in open farm trucks and they hadn't checked the weather ahead of time and so only brought one cover. We've moved with pets. Just so you know, cats are not fond of moving. There was the time when we hired movers who didn't show up. Here in our South Georgia Methodist Conference, the furniture in our house belongs to the church. And once we had packers who came and packed up things that belonged to the church we were leaving, my parents and I were out shopping for lamps the night before we were supposed to be moving because the lamps that were supposed to belong in Warner Robins had been packed up to go to Douglas. The thing about moving isn't just about trucks that don't show up, though. It's hard on you emotionally, too. It's difficult to get up and leave your home and your neighbors and your church family. I've always felt for Abraham when God said to him, leave your country and your kinsmen and your father's house and go to a land I will show you. In other words, leave everything that's familiar, leave your people and your livelihood and your home and go. Now that instruction also came along with promises. God promised to show him a land that would be his. God said, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I love it that when Hebrews retells this story, it lifts up Sarah's faith too. Although it seems like she was past the time that the promise would come about, she eventually did have Isaac. And you know what Hebrews tells us? They trusted because he who had promised is faithful. Again and again and again throughout the scripture, we hear about God's faithfulness. God promised land and children and blessings for their family. But notice it's not just that Abraham and his family would be safe and happy and well-fed. God has a purpose in working all of this through one family. He's very specific about it. All of the other nations of the world are to be blessed through this one family. Many people talk about the threefold promise to Abraham of land, of children, and of blessings. I studied with a rabbi who pointed out that the blessing to Abraham gives us a glimpse of what God wants for the whole world. It's a promise of land. 
everybody deserves a place to live and to call home and to be able to make their livelihood. You notice how many times in the scripture it's called the land flowing with milk and honey. Everybody deserves enough to eat. And so the promise of land is all of that. And it's a promise of children. He said that everybody needs a people to belong to. Everybody needs to know that they have a future. Everybody needs their family group around them, their friend group, the people to surround them. It's a promise from God. And finally, this idea of being blessed to be a blessing. He said, everybody needs a purpose. I always think right here in the 12th chapter of the entire Bible, we're already given to understand that God so loved the world. God wants to pour out blessings on the whole world. And he does it by starting with this one family. Abraham could have said, no, no, I'll be happy here in Haran. It's civilized here. I know my neighbors. I'm not going. We'll notice next week when we read Rebecca had that same choice to make. And yet Abraham and Rebecca to follow got up and went. Abraham at age 75, Sarah at 65, they stepped out in faith and went where God was sending them. I don't know why this is one of the primary ways that God works in the world, but it is. Throughout the Bible, when God wants to transform a life or a situation, he often calls his followers to work. When God wanted to bring the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt, he called Moses. When God wanted to bring the kingdom of Israel back to the covenant, God called King Josiah. When God wanted the world to hear about the good news of Jesus, he called Peter and Mary Magdalene, Paul and Priscilla and Aquila. God works through people, his people. When Abram, as he was first called, arrived in Canaan, in what would eventually be known as Israel, God spoke to him again and said, this is the land that I will give to your descendants. What strikes me about this story and the ones that we'll read about Isaac and Jacob, when God renews the promises to the next generation, Abraham's response to the promise was to build an altar, a place to worship and remember what God has done and prepare for what God will do. I love it as we think about our 150th year celebration with three buildings that have been on the place to worship that that's how Abraham responded to the promise. He built something that would last that other people could come and worship too, a physical reminder of God's faithfulness. And so I think that's part of our calling in our church building to gather together, to hear the scriptures proclaimed, to pray together, to sing the songs of faith, and to share together in the body and blood of Christ. We remember what God has done. We remember that he who has promised is faithful, and God has blessed us richly. Through generation after generation, God has blessed the church so that we can be a blessing to the world. One of our commitments for this 150th year is to bless the Methodist Children's Home, which is also celebrating its 150th year. So I love that. This is the, the Methodist Children's Home in South Georgia. I love that the whole time that we've been ex in existence, we've been connected with the Methodist Children's Home blessing other families in, 
and showing God's love to these children. Allison Evans, the CEO of the Children's Home, came to speak to our church, and she spoke to us about how through our support, we are blessing children and youth in Georgia. That's our calling from back to the beginning with Abraham and Sarah up until now and looking to the future about how God has blessed us and what can we do to be a blessing to all the other families of the earth. I think about our church. We support so many local ministries here in Jessup, ministries where hungry people are fed and mothers in crisis pregnancy can find hope, where children have food to take home for the weekend and school supplies that they need. And our church members are on just about every helping board in this town. We're on the hospital board and the board of our, our shelter that takes in abused women and children. We are serving. We serve on the Good Samaritan Center and Tabitha's Place that feeds people who are hungry and helps people who don't have a home. Our church members are blessed. Our church is blessed. And it's always with the knowledge that we've taken in God's blessing so that we may bless this world that God so loves. May it be so with you. I gave a homework assignment at church. The question is, what can you do to be a blessing this week? What can you do to bless somebody else? Sometimes when we think about blessings, we think about financial blessings and maybe God has given you some extra money and, and it's meant to share with somebody else. But maybe the way God wants you to bless the world is through your time, do you have a neighbor who's lonely? Take a little time and listen to them or a, a senior citizen who just wants to tell some stories. Your time is a way to bless somebody else. Or maybe you're an excellent cook and you know somebody is, is busy or has been sick and is struggling and you could take some food by. There's so many ways that you can be a blessing to all the families of the earth by starting with one family that's near you. Through it all, we remember God is faithful. God is faithful to us. God is faithful to the people that he wants us to bless. God is faithful to the promises that he made from the beginning of the Bible and carry on all throughout the rest of scripture. He who has promised is faithful. Put your trust there. Will you pray with me? Lord, you are so faithful. May your blessing be upon us, upon our church, upon all those who listen. May that blessing overflow from us so that all the families in our communities and throughout the earth may be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.